Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's talk real estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving the market today to find the best solutions forward. And I think you got some, uh, I think you got a solution uh, person here in the in the house today here, Barry. Yeah. Morning, Paul. Thanks. Uh, we're back here again. Uh, we got questions. I think we got answers and solutions. That's at least the goal. And I'm excited about today's show. I'm Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company and managing partner of Saywitz Properties. Uh, welcome again to all of our viewers and our listeners uh, again for today's show on uh, Let's Talk Real Estate. So let's get going. I'm excited. Uh, we have our guest today is Katrina Foley, uh, Orange County Board of Supervisors for District Number 2, former mayor of Costa Mesa, city council person, extraordinaire, mom, all of the above. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. I love this space here. It's wonderful. Yeah. So we're back again and we're going to try and talk. I think today's topic, I want to talk Orange County in general, and then we'll see how that relates back to not only the growth here and the economy and the real estate market. And I figured, look, no one better to talk about those kinds of things than somebody who's really sitting at the helm of driving the direction of uh, where Orange County is headed uh, from a global perspective. And so I, I know you're a longtime resident of Orange County and longtime public servant and involved in, in politics and, and a variety of different things. I want to go back for a second to the Costa Mesa days and being involved with the city council and mayor of Costa Mesa. You're dealing with a particular city and what happens in that particular city. How is that different in today's world in terms of dealing with the bigger scope of the county as a whole? Well, it's very different. Of course, I loved being a city council member, being a school board member, and three-time mayor. You know, you really get to know almost everybody in the community. Yeah. It's one city. You can go to the grocery store or the coffee shop or out to dinner, and you will always see someone you know, even today. What I always love about local governance is that you can solve a problem for a person. I mean, you and I've worked together yeah. on problem solving uh, for your own businesses. So you can actually see the fruits of your labor, if you will. And I love connecting people. I love helping people. Take that to the county, and that's on steroids, right? Yeah. And so... For a person like myself who, you know, I just have this desire to always, someone calls, I want to help. I have to control my abilities to want to help everyone because there's only so much time in the day. Sure. <laughs> but the county also has a much greater scope and breadth of responsibility. So I take this job very seriously. We have an eight, nearly $8 billion budget. We are responsible for the public health and the public safety net of all of Orange County. We're responsible for making sure that our court system is working with all the employees that are required to staff the courts, that we have our, our jails and our, our public defenders and our district attorneys so that the system of justice is working. We're responsible for the beaches and the open space and the parks and transportation, and mental all health, all of this. this and that's is, all before lunch. That's right. right so, that's right. And so, then if we get excited, we can add some little initiatives that aren't necessarily on the drawing board yet people who don't know, the Orange County Board of Supervisors really is the governing body of the county, yeah. right? So, so right. similar to a mayor or a city council yeah. in a particular city. From my perspective, I'm curious yours, when you deal with one city, you've certainly got dynamics within the city itself, but really gets expanded when you start talking, even just within the county, you have different dynamics of coastal versus inland and North right. County versus South County and all of the different things that, that go into those particular areas. But there's some commonalities. So we have 
now, when I first got elected last year, it's been a year and a couple days, yeah. uh, I was elected to Costa Mesa, Newport, Huntington Beach, all the way wrapping around to Los Alamitos. So there was a lot of new cities that I never have any involvement with. Even one area, Rossmore, I'd never even been to before. So I had to learn about what are all the issues there so I can help solve their county, you know, things that have a county nexus issues. Now with redistricting, my district has been changed. It's Costa Mesa, Newport, all the way down to San Clemente. So that's a whole new set of issues, right? And then in the interim, while I'm uh, finishing up this last term that I was elected for, I'm assigned to District 2, which is Santa Ana, Anaheim, Garden Grove, Little Piece of Tustin, and Orange. Completely different issues. Right. So by the time I'm done, I I will have represented all of Orange County. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good. It gives you the perspective and it gives you ability, certainly, to get involved with. But there's all kinds of commonalities. So everyone in every city, they care about public safety and safe neighborhoods. Okay, that is like number one priority. And then that dovetails into reducing homelessness. Whether you live in Newport Beach, San Clemente, Los Alamitos, or Costa Mesa, People care about reducing homelessness, reducing the impacts of homelessness, making sure that we care for people and we address mental health and the public health impacts of, of drug addiction. That's a common across all areas. I think across Orange County, people care about housing. Yeah. You and I were talking before we started the show about our, our kids. I have two sons, 21 and 23 years old. They cannot buy a house in Orange County unless I buy it for them, right? When I moved here after law school, got my first job as a lawyer in 1996, my husband got his first job as a teacher. We worked all summer, saved our money for the down payment on our first house. It cost $200,000, you know. Where is a house like that? Never, nowhere. Not here, we gotta go to Mississippi or something. (laughs) And and we date ourselves because we're the same age, but the the fact of the matter is I have bought property where the rent was like $200 a month for a two bedroom place in Costa Mesa. Yeah. And it's just not the case anymore. So it it is a different world. But I, I, I do think that certainly the people that I talk to that live in Orange County, when compared to other parts of Southern California, whether it's Los Angeles or Inland Empire, even San Diego, there's certainly a pride of Orange County. And it's a, in my opinion, which is why we're all here, a much more desirable place to live. For sure. Housing aside for a second, still cheaper than Los Angeles and and other parts, but still an expensive place to live. But the things like traffic and congestion and older neighborhoods that are run down, you, you don't have that so much in Orange County. No, this is a beautiful county. We're so privileged. I'm privileged to serve here. We're privileged to live here. We have beautiful coastline. We have amazing open space. I mean, lots of parks. It's a great place to live. And compared to our peer counties, we've done great on all the indicators. We got through the pandemic better. Our economy survived. We're recovering back more quickly. And we actually are such an, we're in this building here. It's an innovation building, right? And we're an innovative county. We're all about innovation. And the pandemic actually kind of accelerated some innovation in some industries. I mean, I think some of the industries that got hit hardest are, we also depend on tourism and and our um, hospitality industry here yeah. quite a bit. And so, but we're recovering, we're coming back. And that's what everybody's saying, I guess. So let's back up for a second, because you touched on a bunch of stuff that I was going to ask you about anyway. 
let's go back and talk about the homelessness because I know that there are directives uh, and I'll call them mandates from the state to each city and I'm assuming to each county to do what they can to create more a affordable housing be attempt to deal with the homelessness Mm -hmm. issue and so what does the Board of Supervisors do and what kind of role do they play in either assisting the cities or driving that sort of directive right so as a mayor I was always frustrated with the county because we would ask the county for the funding that they get from the state and the federal government to help us to solve our homelessness issues. We wanted to build a shelter. We would ask the county for funding to help build the shelter. We could just never move the ball. Yeah. Now that I'm in the, in the system, I'm working really hard to partner with the cities because the cities don't get funding for addressing homelessness, mental health services, any of those issues that are related to people experiencing homelessness all that money goes into the county and then the county is supposed to divide it up now the difference is if you're santa Ana or anaheim one of these big cities then you do get your own direct funding but all the rest of the cities it comes out of the general fund what does that mean that you don't get that extra funding to go to a park that benefits all the residents you don't get that extra funding to fill potholes so what i've tried to do is redirect some of those funds from the county back into the cities One innovation that we worked on this last year was the governor put forth some funding for what they called Project Home Key. And that was to convert old motels predominantly, other other types of uh, degraded facilities, but mostly old motels. And so I gathered all the mayors and the city managers in my district, and I met with the county staff, and we said, here's the county resources we can give you. I called it Project Home Key in a Box. We'll provide you with the legal, the technical. You just tell us which motel you want to convert, and we'll help you get the deal done. And we did four. Great. Yeah. And it's going to be permanent supportive housing. It's a win-win. We eliminate what was essentially a degrading crime magnet in the community and turn it into housing for people who need it. Yeah. And the other side of that is to just try and build something new, whether that's a shelter or a treatment facility yeah. or what have you. I know for cities where we own properties, smaller ones, uh, i.e. San Clemente, very difficult with expensive real estate and yeah. limited resources at the city level. So do you feel as though Orange County is ahead of the curve relative to other areas in the state or uh, getting there or how's I think we're ahead in some aspects but for example we just um, I had the privilege of touring Secretary Becerra he's on a tour of America to look at models for how do we address homelessness mental health and drug addiction we toured what is called the be well center and it's in orange and it's a residential treatment center as well as a, a, a drop-in, but unique to it is that we serve everyone regardless of insurance, and it is done with medical professionals. It's a very high-quality facility. You walk in, you feel good. Yeah. You don't feel like you're in some institution, right. which is also a blocker for some people. People who need help may not be willing to take that next step if the facility feels like they're going to jail, for example, right? And then we also have a sobering station there. So instead of having law enforcement having to take people who are under the influence or unable to care for themselves because of intoxication, they can voluntarily come to the sobering station. That means they're not going to the jails, the, the cops can get back on the beat and deal with real crime, and they can get services. This is a model 
of something we can do throughout Orange County. And so we're innovating in that regard. And I think it's a model for America, frankly, because we can not have to, um, you know, rely on maybe not so professional care for people who are, are recovering. And if it frees up law enforcement to do other things in terms of fighting crime, I think that's a double bonus. That's right. Yeah. Right. Which is sort of my next thing, which is from the county's perspective, I guess, share your thoughts in terms of what your view and the rest of the Board of Supervisors is relative to cutting back on law enforcement versus beefing it up versus something different. Uh, oh, what's the plan? Oh, yeah. No one is cutting back on law enforcement. That's just a false narrative. I always hear that. People assume if you're a Democrat, you must be against law enforcement. I've never been against law enforcement. You know that as a city uh, city council member and mayor, I was a partner with our, um, our police department. I actually have Costa Mesa's former police chief, Um, as one of my policy advisors on my county team now. And so safe neighborhoods, a safe community, it's very important to me. I live here too. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's important to everybody. And then certainly if we want to just wrap it back into the real estate, right? I mean, the value of the real estate and the success of the community as a whole is really a function of, is it a safe, nice place to live? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I just looked at a report. Orange County is actually very safe compared to our peer counties. So we're doing quite well. Second to San Diego in California amongst peer counties. And in America, we're literally like, we're doing quite well in terms of public safety across the board. And and there's no indication that we should make a change in that regard, because having safe neighborhoods, like you said, improves the quality of life for everyone, increases our property values, and yeah. it just makes it easier to go about your day and live. (laughs) Well, it's good to know because you hear stuff and sometimes it's not true and sometimes it's misleading. And uh, I think everybody, at least that I talk to, wants a safe place to live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And in fact, I had someone because I heard some little rumors about what I supposedly stand for and don't. So I had one of my team members pull my record for the last year. 100% 100% voting record for uh, um, for our law enforcement, and so good. Yeah, so my record speaks for itself. Fair enough. I'll take that. <laughs> and my question is just, are we safe? And I think That's the answer right. is we're safe and going to stay that way. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about job. But what when before we go on, but what we do need to do, and I know Sheriff Barnes and I talk about this often, is that we need to get our law enforcement out of the business of social work. Okay, so there's a role for social workers to help people on the streets and in the community, and there's a role for law enforcement. And I think law the law enforcement community agree that it's time to get law enforcement out of the role of social worker. And so that's what I'm prioritizing, is how do we get rapid crisis response teams that are more case managers, social workers, so that we can let law enforcement deal, deal with, with fentanyl and, and the consequences of drug dealers killing our kids, you yeah. know? No, I agree, for sure. So let's talk about job growth in the county and then what impact that has on businesses and the overall economy. And then how does the, from your perspective at the top level, how do you look at that in terms of making Orange County a desirable place for businesses to locate? We know it's a desirable place to come and the weather's great and the beaches and all of that, but from a business environment, certainly always challenging. Right, so our main businesses here in Orange County, at least on the coast, are tech and uh, medical healthcare uh, businesses. 
95% of businesses, some may not know this, 95% of businesses in Orange County are small businesses under 50 people. And so a lot of them got, were able to work from home, but many got hammered, especially in our uh, retail restaurant industries. Uh, We lost 110,000 jobs just within the, the tourism, hospitality, business sector itself. Those jobs are coming back as we're reopening and more people are traveling into Orange County. So we've got some work to do right now. What I hear from our business industry, especially within the hospitality, and hospitality, I mean hotels, amusement parks, fairgrounds, restaurants, we um, we can't find employees and it's very hard to get staffed up again in for many reasons one people are um, still sort of dealing with maybe they have an aging family member that they now have to care for because of the pandemic maybe they moved right. a lot of people moved our our population is aging um, more so than other peer counties and so that's gonna be a problem for us we have to plan for into the, the future because if we're all senior citizens living here in Orange County, we don't have any workers, what are we gonna do? So that's something that I really focused in on over the last year is how do we get more people to work? How do we build back our businesses? And we're having job fairs. We have one on uh, April 21st uh, here in Orange County at the Discovery Cube. And if you're an employer, Please come on down. Yeah, come on down. We're trying to put people to work, and we have we're asking that employers be ready to hire people on the spot. Yeah, the, and what I I mean, everybody that we've talked to, we, we've had the same challenges with our own business, but other business owners that I've talked to have been experiencing the same thing, which is whether it's lack of talent or uh, you have people that still want, some want to work from home mm-hmm. or work from home part time, or you have moms that are used to working at home and say, hey, I can't really go back and forth. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole variety of reasons to chip away at the available workforce who's ready to go and come to work and right. come to an office every day, combined with the fact you have increased demand, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Right? So, so you have two things going on here. And then the question becomes affordable housing for those kinds of workers, right? And so, I mean, I ask myself all the time, wh- where do these people go? I mean, if all of a sudden, poof, there's nobody to work. Mm-hmm. Where did they go? And some went back to school, and some did this, and some mm-hmm. did that. And so it, it really... Some died. Yeah, and, 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 and some moved out of the state. Yeah. And, and you know, you have a whole variety of things that I, I think going forward, that seems to me to be one of the biggest challenges as a business owner. I'm curious what you hear from your constituents. Yeah, and, and well, and we, you know, we just did the census. And so this last year, we learned that Santa Ana, which has the youngest residential population of all the count of the cities in Orange County, they actually dropped in their population this last year, according to the census, by about, I don't remember the number, but a lot. And then Irvine increased by 10,000 residents. It had the highest number of residents that it increased by. So what we're seeing across Orange County was pretty flat, other than in those two cities where there was like dramatic change in reduction of residents and increase of residents. So if you look at Santa Ana, which is a lot of our workforce, especially for hospitality, retail, restaurants, all of our theme parks, um, our shopping centers, if if we're reducing the number of residents that live there, we're reduce you know we're reducing the workforce Labor, yeah. yeah so 
people smarter than I have to come up with some solutions, but um, but I know I'm going to keep asking questions and keep chipping away at that and just tr- keep trying to create opportunities to put people to work, placing employees with employers. And one issue that we've got to address, we learned this recently with our um, Orange County Transportation Authority bus strike, is the cost of living in Orange County is becoming so unaffordable, especially as it relates to housing. Then you have people coming in from Corona or San Bernardino or L.A. Which leads to traffic. traffic. So when we're planning these communities, we're going for the future, we're going to have to create work live environments so people can live where they work and not spend half their day on the road yes right because as an employer i interview somebody and they happen to live in i don't know pick a spot brea which to me doesn't seem that far away but in traffic could be an hour oh and yeah. really want to spend two hours of your day in a car or would you rather spend it with your family or working out or whatever else you were right. going to do and, and so that's the challenge Going to your for, kids soccer game or yeah, you know yeah. performance for those businesses who need people to come to the office for the real estate guy mm-hmm. who would like to see the office market come back a little more you know then those are the challenges getting people well that's an interesting uh, scenario that we've been watching so on the transportation authority we have some economists that come speak to us and talk to us about these issues and i ask every single one of them what do you predict will happen with the commercial real estate market are people going to go back to the office and for the most part they say that most commercial office space will come back. But there are going to be certain sectors where the employer themselves know that they can reduce their costs, like graphic designers, social media. You know, we have this whole technology industry now. There are certain employers that are not going to want to pay that overhead, and they'll invest in their people instead of the place. Then what do the commercial office building owners do to offset that. Well, we're seeing some like Main Place Mall. They're doing mixed use housing and and retail. I love that. I think that solves two problems. Laguna Hills Mall, all, yep. all of it. So Westminster Mall. So I mean, all, yeah. all of these, We and we've talked about it on other shows, the highest and best use. And right. highest and best use in today's environment is not a regional mall and is not an office building. Right. So, Unless you're South Coast Plaza. And yeah. you're not changing. <laughs> right. Or, or, or Newport Center. But yeah. the but the average guy, it, it's it's a question of looking for alternatives. Right. We've just got a couple of minutes left. We could talk all day. I know. <laughs> um, in terms of the perspective from the Board of Supervisors as far as the general economy for Orange County and where it's headed for the rest of 2022. What's the general outlook? Our economy is strong. Our board as a whole unanimously support a fiscally conservative approach. We have a great uh, finance officer, CFO Michelle Aguirre and our Frank Kim, our CEO. They do an excellent job of keeping our coffers sustainable and so i suspect that we'll be very solid moving into the next few years we did get we have two tranches the first tranche was 387 million dollars under the american rescue plan funds and what we did was we put that into revenue loss because we did lose some revenue during the pandemic and so the next tranche comes in about 300 million in May and we've tried to not just like spend it all we've tried to use it to fill vacancies 
where we needed more people because especially in the healthcare agency, especially in our social services agencies. And then we also put it into investing in the future. A new Be Well campus over in Irvine at the Great Park, expansion of some of our um, infrastructure programs. We're trying to not just blow the money all at once, yeah. but invest it into something that will be... spread it around. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds like you guys have your arms around the, certainly the issues that are at hand and what needs to get uh, tackled and then try and pick them off one at a time as best you can. And so I appreciate you coming on the show and Thank sharing you. your, your thoughts and views and updates. And I, I think our viewers and our listeners hopefully learned something new today about the, the County of Orange and, and how it works. And I wish you and your family continued success uh, and, and with your job as well. And um, we'll look forward to having you back on in the future. You can give us another update. Uh, Katrina Foley, Orange County Board of Supervisors. I want to thank uh, Paul Roberts and the whole team here at OC Talk Radio, our producer Sophia, and everybody who goes into making the show happen on a weekly basis. For our viewers and our listeners out there, we will be back here next week talking more real estate. I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. you have it you've been listening to let's talk real estate your weekly bs with barry saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in southern california on orange county's only community radio station oc talk radio streaming live from our studio here at the university of california irvine's beal applied innovation center